The great Bill Center joins us here on 97.3 The Fan. Bill, how you doing? Good, good. I don't know about that great part. I just shoot for mediocrity plus. Well, you beat that. (laughs) You beat it. You beat it. I'll tell you, the coach has been on a roll today. I mean, he's been taking us back to Lane Field and Ed Spezio and Clay Kirby and Dick Selma. I mean, right. this is a, this is a conversation that you know somebody like yourself and I absolutely love. We're we're having a ball today, so we're glad you can be a part of it. I saw my first games at Lane Field. Yeah, right down Started. on where? What street is it? Hawthorne and Broadway? Uh, broad Broadway and uh, Pacific Highway. Broadway and Pacific Highway. Right there on Pacific Highway. What right. a, what a location. Yeah, exactly. Huh? How about oh, it was, it was great. It was, uh, but the only thing was at night it would be really damp and cold. Was the marine uh, layer? It must have been harder to hit a home run at Lane Field than it is even nowadays at Petco Park. Right, but well, and it was huge. I mean, it was huge. The great thing about Lane Field is that when they were tearing it down, I don't know if John's heard this story. Is for some reason when they were tearing it down, they decided to measure the distances to the bases, and it was only eighty-seven feet to first base. <laughs> after all that time, right? After since yeah, it hadn't changed. Uh, they looked back, and it really hadn't changed uh, since the ballpark opened in nineteen thirty-six. So uh, there were a lot of uh, probably a lot of singles beat out that uh, hadn't been another three feet wouldn't have been. Would not have made it. Would not have made it. Hey, Bill, Chris and I, in the last couple of days, we've been sitting in here yesterday. The Padres opened five and a half back. They have that great win last night against Atlanta. They're four and a half back, and they got this big road trip coming up. They got a lot of road games in, in the month of June. And, you know, some people say, well, maybe the Padres ought to trade Travis Jankowski. How about this guy? How about that guy? I don't think you can make any decisions right now until the end of uh, June and kind of find out where this ball club is because this ball club's getting better. It is getting better. Uh, I do think that before the trading deadline, uh, they will probably make a decision on some outfielder to trade uh, because they're, if, if Myers gets healthy and Cordero comes back, they're going to have six outfielders where they're going to be time, trying to find playing time for. Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday. I mean, Andy Green continues to say that's not a problem. That's actually, it's a good, the old, it's a good problem to have. Right. But in a lot of ways, it isn't a good problem to have because you got six guys who deserve to play and they're not getting enough at bats. They're not getting enough playing time. Either that or there's three guys that are just completely sitting out. Uh, right. You got to rotate them. I mean, you got to keep everybody fresh. I would imagine, though, that they will do something with this with this bonus outfielder situation. I that's the only and I hear all this stuff, you gotta trade Tyson Ross and I would be sitting down with Tyson right now and talking about next year. Uh I, I just don't like trading the guy who is your most dependable pitcher, no matter what the situation is. Well, not only that, uh, you know, I was telling Chris earlier, you know, rather than uh, look to, to trade uh, somebody right now, if anything, uh, start knocking on doors around baseball and find out what starting pitcher might be available because it's like tomorrow. They're going to have to go bullpen by committee again. Right. Uh, that's not going to get it done long term. No, no. And you really don't have anybody, maybe Logan Allen, maybe Luis uh, Perdomo, he just came off the uh, disabled list at AAA El Paso. Those are probably your next two best pitching options. But you do not have depth in the pitching staff right now. If somebody were to get hurt, uh, knock on Formica that it doesn't happen, <laughs> um, 
But if somebody were to get hurt, they would really have, well, right now they can't fill out a rotation. So I, I think you need to find a way to add a little pitching here. Not to, And maybe it's an outfielder for a pitcher. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, you're close enough to make this interesting. And uh, I'm not saying that they are a contender. They're certainly, I think you're going to have to win the National League West because I don't see anybody from this division right now going as a wild card. So, <laughs> you know, they're they're close enough because the division is really, well, I was talking earlier about mediocre, mediocre, but um, I'd be with you, John. I'd say, hey, let's try to find a pitcher to add. Yeah, you know what the the division. You know, we the division hasn't gone the way we expected, and and I do think people down uh, at Petco Park were hoping the Padres could be an eighty one and eighty one team. It certainly didn't start out like that, but they're starting to play and getting closer back to five hundred. The thing that's very encouraging, Bill, is this homestand. And I, I know it's been against the Marlins and the Reds, but the bottom line, they're seventeen and twenty at home right now. Where you know two weeks ago their home record was dismal, so they're working their way back to the 500 mark at home. They've played pretty well on the road for being a young team. And I'm seeing a lot of growth, and I'm seeing a lot less uh, fundamental flaws in this team. Uh, And I thought last night they really stepped up against a pretty good pitcher, against a pretty good team, and really showed what they can do. I was very impressed with last night's game. And, of course, two uh, two of those home wins that they're credited with we're actually in Mexico City, so they're not, you know, at, at uh, Petco Park. They're actually fifteen and nineteen. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, that two of those road wins, our home wins, were Mexico City. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to forget uh, that one game in Mexico City. Okay, the the first one. Uh, you know, I'm trying to forget that when they got no hit. But you know, the other encouraging thing last night, Chris and I were talking about it, and you bring up Monterey. They lost the opener in Monterey, and they'd lost ten consecutive home uh, uh, openers here to start a series. Last night was the first time they they won the first game of a series at home all year long. And you know how important that is. I mean, it's it's they've done a nice job of coming back in the last games of series, but they keep dropping that first one. Last year it was just the opposite way. They'd win the first one and then lose the next yeah, two. Yeah, that's right. I, but it's it's funny how those things sort of happen in baseball. I am I got to admit that I am encouraged by a lot of things I see. I I am encouraged uh, I'm overwhelmed with the way that Tyson Ross has pitched this year, just the competitiveness. I really like what I'm seeing from some young outfielders. And, you know, you're going to have a question here when Myers comes back, when he comes back, of what do you really do? Because your right fielders right now are really producing. Yeah, Fran Mil Reyes is starting to figure it out. And right. uh, Franchi Cordero, I mean, he's hot and cold, but when he's on, my goodness, I don't. nobody's hitting the ball any further than him. That's That includes everybody <laughs> in baseball. That's just right. well, not just a couple of guys around here. That's He's hitting John uh, Carlos Stanton shots. Right. I mean, extremely strong. And, you know, you look at center field, Margot's beginning to come around. He's not quite. He's not the player right now that he was last year. And you've got Travis Jankowski. You've got two guys that can play center. You've you've got a lot of depth there. And I just think that that's going to be the one place where they're going to be looking uh, to see maybe if they could, if they're in the, they're still hanging around. Now, 19 of the next 21 games after tomorrow are on the road. So. If they're still hanging around, this club, however, has played pretty well on the road. 
they're still hanging around. Nobody's taken off in this division. I think that you really have to be maybe a, a buyer at the as you come to the uh, end of July. And I think you can still be a buyer without uh, messing any of your future. No. I, I really do. I mean, sure, you're going to trade a young player somewhere, but the Padres have so much depth, as you said, at outfield, Bill, that they can make a move with an outfielder, and I don't think it torpedoes the whole system. No. Not at all. I think they can move an outfielder, and if they can get a good, you know, I'm, you're not going to get a great starting pitcher, but you may be able to get somebody who fits into the rotation, and you can move one of those outfielders and maybe one of your lower-level pitching prospects and come up with something pretty good. Hey, Bill, you follow the minor leagues as well as anybody uh, in town here. I mean, you're constantly uh, looking at what's going on uh, down in, uh, you know, El Paso and what's going on in San Antonio and Lake right. Every day, actually. Oh, every day. And, and I, I get all your stuff, and I really appreciate all the hard work that you put in on that. Um, my question to you, with Freddie Galvis only being 28 years of age, this guy, I've been so impressed watching this guy every day. He, he's on the final year of his contract. Where are the young shortstops at right now on the learning curve? And is there one or maybe even two guys that could compete for the starting job here next year? Or is that an area where A.J. Preller might want to sit down with the agent for Freddie Galvis and see what he wants to do? You know, I if I'm A.J., I might... Tatis will definitely, I think, be ready next spring to challenge for the job. But if I'm A.J., I want Galvis there one more year. If I'm going to be in position to really be a lot better ball club last year, and I've got this shortstop who turns every play that he gets into gets to into an out, I want him there. I don't think there's any problem with maybe Tatis starting his major league career at third base. Uh, I really like Freddie Galvis, and I like the fact that he likes being here. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big bonus. Now, Tatis is only 20. Uh, If he's got to be one more year or a half year at El Paso, that'll be fine. But I don't necessarily automatically grant him shortstop next year. I think a lot of people are being a little more patient all of a sudden with all of these kids in the minor leagues now that they've won six or seven games. And I, and that's just a week, right. but it's changed a, a lot of people's thinking because a, a couple of weeks ago everybody said, when are they going to bring Urias up? When are they going to do this kind of stuff? Now it's a little different situation. Bill Center is with us uh, on 97.3 The Fan. Bill, let me ask you about Will Myers, uh, Joey Lucchese. Uh, those two in particular, but guys that are hurt right now and what their timetable is to come back. The Padres have been very, very close to the vest in terms of sharing with us when they think these guys might be ready to return. And we've already talked about what it's going to mean when they do return, but how much longer are we waiting? Well, I think Lucchese is close. I think that uh, he's thrown out of the bullpen. My guess would be that uh, he would have one more bullpen here, maybe uh, a simulated game, go out for a one rehab start, and then come back. So I don't think he's in the rotation in the next eight days, or but I do think that he might be back in time for his start after his next uh, slotted start. Will Myers is interesting. I, I think that, John, you know 
oblique injuries, oh, and yeah. there's no timetable. Uh, you just, I mean, I knew a guy years ago who had an oblique injury who was actually just swinging softly off the tee about three weeks into the injury and felt it back, felt it come back and was out another three weeks with it. Uh, they can be four to five weeks. They can be two months. So the timetable on Will does not surprise me at all. They're now talking the first week of July or the All-Star break before he's back, and that doesn't really surprise me. The other thing about Will is I think he's on a little bit of a training regimen here, too, in terms of running, and uh, he's not lifting weights because you don't want to do that with an oblique, but I think he's he's trying to lose a little bit of that weight that he had gained. Austin Hedges started uh, throwing a little bit yesterday, and hopefully uh, that uh, continues to improve. What about Phil Maton, who's done a really nice job out of that Padre bullpen each of the last two years? Right. Well, he's closer too. I mean, uh, they're getting ready. They're getting ready to send him out. But uh, you know, right now there's really no pressure on a reliever to uh, to come in here. I mean, who are you going to send out? The bullpen right now is pretty solid. Uh, not solid enough where somebody it appears can step up and be in the rotation, but the bullpen is really pitched pretty darn well. Bill Center joins us, 97 through the fan. We're talking Padres baseball. Bill is always so gracious with his time, and we love talking baseball with him. <laughs> uh, really, seriously. Bill, uh, your thoughts on the draft, just real quick. I mean, for, for those of us that just don't follow it, I mean, it's, it's hard to get a read, really. I mean, should we be happy with what the Padres have done? Should we be, is there anything we could be upset about? Uh, have they gotten exactly kind of what they've been looking for? Uh, how, would you, how would you kind of describe what's happened so far in the draft? You know, as you guys said a little bit earlier today, and I've been listening, um, you don't know. There is no way that anybody right now can look at this draft and say, I'm giving it an A grade, I'm giving it a C grade, (laughs) because you have no idea. Uh, But the one thing I do like, and I I wrote a column today for a Friar Wire, I like the process that the Padres are going about these drafts. In fact, I'll go beyond that. I love the process. When you hear Mark Connor and A.J. Preller talk about what goes into the players they are picking, it is it, it, it is really a detailed study of each player. And I think the Padres in the past have sort of not had a real grasp on the background of some guys they drafted. Uh, I think now that has totally changed. I love, like, the second-round pick. Can we talk just a second about Xavier sure. Edwards? Absolutely. Yeah. They looked at this kid as being a leadoff hitter in the future. And to me, one of the hardest things, and I've talked to scouts be- about this before, and I'm sure you have, John, is to find, is to project guys as leadoff hitters because most great, most players who are getting drafted high in drafts are hitting third and fourth for their high school or college teams. They're not hitting in the leadoff spot. And when they were talking yesterday about what they saw on Xavier Edwards to make him them believe that he could he could project into a good leadoff hitter in the future. Really, I, I, I loved how they talked about their approach. Weathers, I think, is going to be fine. I love the idea of drafting somebody whose family has been in baseball for a while. I do think that's a big plus-plus because, like they like 
Uh, Mark Connor was saying yesterday, he's been in the clubhouse. He sees how it's done. That is a, that's a pretty darn good head start. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing, uh, people, they don't understand, Bill, the, the dynamics around a ball club and being in that clubhouse. And, and that's a big thing. When a kid comes up through the organization and comes into that clubhouse the first night, how is he going to act? Is he going to uh, come in and, and try to be a big shot, or is he going to know his place in that clubhouse and be a great teammate? Those are things that good scouts, and I know the Padres have done their due diligence on a lot of their guys over over the years, you got to have guys that aren't going to be problems and create a real issue in that clubhouse. Right. You. I mean, you need to. I mean, I think it's great that Ryan that Ryan Weathers has seen other rookies come in for the first time. He's seen how the club, how other players react to them. He's seen how they react. I. I think that being in that environment is a huge step forward for any player. Now, you've got to have skill to get there, as we all know, but I do think that if you've got that background, that's a, that is a great head start. Hey, Bill, real quick, uh, do you know when the Padres plan on bringing Ryan and his family in to be introduced to the San Diego media? I have not heard anything yet about when it's coming in. Usually it's, usually it's about, well, it won't be tomorrow, so it would probably be the Oakland series. Yeah, next homestand. Right, so we're talking about two weeks away. Well, they, usually, right. they usually have the press conference with the new players at the coach's house. That's why he wants to know <laughs> what's going on. You can't, well, get him, you can't get a new player into town unless they meet the coach first. You know, right? Uh, at the ma- right, the manager and uh, everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that the last couple drafts they have been on homestands and they brought the player in. They're leaving town tomorrow. I would imagine that they wouldn't just have a press conference to introduce them with the club out of town. So I'm, I'm looking for that Oak, that two-game Oakland series in the middle of this uh, long uh, road. I won't call it one road stand because it's two long ones, but yeah, too long. that's when I think it's going to be. All right, I'm going to let you go, Bill. we gotta, we got to get to the top. of Coach and I, the theme of the show today has been looking back on baseball, and I think a lot of uh, – we, we've, we've sounded a little bit like two guys who want the kids off of our lawn, and we've talked a little bit about how great the game was. But the one area that we focused in most on today is – instant replay and the fact that we've kind of lost the manager going out and arguing about calls i and, miss and that the, yeah me too and the and the, and the potential even that someday they might even have an automated strike zone which drives me crazy i'm just curious can you add anything to the what where do you stand in this whole area do you do you think that their instant replay is good bad or at least needs some work or what well, I think the instant replay is good in theory. I think it's made the umpires a little bit lazier. I've watched umpires totally out of position now on plays because, hey, if I get it wrong, it's going to be appealed. Uh, I really believe that, and that's not a good thing to believe. But no. uh, I, 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 I'm not high on the umpiring right now, to tell you the truth. I, I just don't think it's as good as it was 10, 15 years ago. And and I hate to say that, but I will honestly say it. Yeah. You know, I wonder, Bill, give me your thoughts on this. And again, I don't want to go back in time here, but what do you think about having going back to the days of American League umpires and National League umpires? Well, I, I don't think you can go back because the the strike zones were different. If, I'm, right. gonna, I'm sure you remember that. Right. And we're sorting... 
we're sort of moving towards a neutral strike zone, although uh, you see so many pitches missed, you got to wonder. But no, I, I think having one pool of umpires is great. In fact, one of the things I like about it is you should be seeing less of umpiring crews than you used to. And I like that. I, I like the fact that the umpiring crews are, are moving around more. So uh, I like that. You know, one thing, John, I want to make one point. Uh, I think you and I can honestly say we were there for the first game, Padres Major League game at, uh, at uh, San Diego Stadium. That's right. They were there. Dick, Dick Selma. Selma. Ed Spezio losing the ball, the first uh, hopper in the in the lights at third base. That's right, the high chopper. Right, the high chopper. It was like, uh oh, the, the <laughs> lights are still set up for football. That's exactly right. And of course, uh, you know, Don Wilson was pitching that night for the Houston Astros, and uh, right, uh, you know, that that was a heck of a game, two to one, and in, in both pitchers, uh, Selma went nine, and Don Wilson went eight. Right, and then Selma went away yep, too he, soon. That's right. Yeah, that happens all the time now. I expect something very similar tonight uh, with Jordan Lyles and uh, and Sean Newcomb. They probably both pitch complete games. We get out of that stadium tonight, Bill, in two hours and two 15 hours? minutes. Sure. Hey, listen, one other thing. Coach. Yeah. Do you remember the sound of the ball hitting the cantilever roof at Westgate Park? Yes, I do. I only got to go, Bill, because I was pretty young. I only got to go to a, a couple of games there, but I remember seeing Walt Nonek Williams play there for one of those opponents. And, of course, Bobby Klaus, I think, uh, was playing second base for the Padres. Right, right. But the sound, I still hear in my dreams sometime in the middle of the night, the sound of the ball hitting the cantilever roof <laughs> that, at Westgate Park. Hey, Westgate Park was an absolutely beautiful ballpark. Beautiful ballpark. And actually, they used the they used the uh, blueprints from Westgate Park to build the Houston Astros minor league complex in Kissimmee, Florida. Wow, I didn't know that. Did not know yeah. that. I know the West. I know that Westgate Park is where Fashion Valley now That's is. Right, right, right. right. Uh, the the Panda Express used to is right where center field used to be. <laughs> hey, Bill. We'll see you out at the ballpark Great stuff, tonight, Billy. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, as thanks, always. guys.